and welcome to episode 47 of the Daily Yes And podcast. My name is Travis Thomas. I'm the creator of Live Yes And as well as the host of the weekly Yap. Welcome to today, episode 47, from pole dancing to authenticity and female empowerment. Yes, that is a first here on the weekly Yap. (laughs) So really excited about our interview today with Joy Ling. But before we get into the interview, a couple of quick announcements. I want to thank everyone at the Terrio Group for the great event in Vegas last week. We got to see the uh, Mystere show, the Cirque du Soleil show, which was fantastic. But the the conference was a great event with Elevate. Uh, I was honored to be a featured speaker and we'll be doing some continued work with the Elevate You and really excited about all the great people I got to work with this week. Uh, and it's, it's kind of funny. I was in, you know, to be in Vegas by yourself, obviously without my wife, without my kids, uh, I was rather pathetic. I was uh, walking around the strip by myself and uh, not feeling really uh, (laughs) that adventurous anymore. I think I probably could have spent the week going to different shows, but I went into the casino and uh, I I lost $20 in the casino and you would have thought that I lost $2,000. I felt like Wow, I can't believe I just threw that money away. So uh, I went to bed early. No, I didn't go to bed too early, but um, it's funny. I felt rather old and uh, rather boring uh, being on the strip and um, <clears throat> not being, uh, but not being too adventurous, if you will. But all in all, it was a great trip and really excited to be out there. I also want to alert everyone to a new blog post I just posted this week called the difference between demeaning and demanding. And this is actually a coaching uh, blog post I've been wanting to write for a while. This is kind of the third in a uh, a sports uh, series that I've written. I've written about the culture of hazing, uh, how to crush your tryout, and this is sort of the third and final one in the series. This is all about the difference in coaching between demeaning and demanding. Make sure you check that out, especially if you are a coach or an educator, and uh, if you know a coach or educator, please uh, go onto the website. I'll include a link in the podcast and, uh, and send that around. But a lot of good stuff going on right now. We've got massive soccer training taking place. I'm speaking at Felix Williams Middle School uh, tomorrow. We've got the Chicago Cubs Developmental League coming up at the end of the month. And uh, a few other things are popping up as well. So uh, an exciting September and uh, just really excited about all the great things that are going on. And of course, if you haven't had a chance to read my book yet, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And, uh, make sure you go to Amazon Kindle. And the audio version of that book has been recorded. I'm just working on the way of how to get that deliverable to you. So stay tuned for that. Uh, But today's uh, interview is really exciting, Uh, and uh, some of you may remember that I interviewed Jennifer Spaulding a few podcasts ago, and Jennifer is a part of a uh, a coaching group, a a training group, and uh, she's connected me to a lot of wonderful young entrepreneurs in her group. And so I think over the next few months, I'm going to be featuring a lot of these inspiring people, their coaches, their consultants. Uh, They're doing some really interesting things, and today's uh, interviewee, uh, today's guest is no exception. Her name is Joy Lang. She's a storyteller, dancer of life, and midwife for Goddesses on Fire. How do you like that? She founded Joy Light Transformational Coaching to bring her gifts and passion for igniting women's empowerment to better serve the world. Joy Lang joined us from Singapore, so as I was waking up, she was ending her day and uh, I will include links to, to Joy's website, but uh, I think you will enjoy this uh, interview as we go from 
pole dancing to authenticity to women's empowerment. Uh, we really dig into Joy's experience and her journey, and uh, I think there's some great, great nuggets for everyone. So please enjoy with Joy Lang from Joy Light Transformational Coaching on the weekly app. And please welcome Joy Lang to the weekly Yes And podcast. Joy is in Singapore, I would say this morning, but uh, in Singapore, it's actually this evening. So Joy, how are you doing today? Awesome. Great, Joy. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us here on the weekly Yes And podcast. Now, Joy, I have to, I have to start off. My first question is: uh, when you contacted, when we connected for the first time, the subject line to your email said, um, it said, "Pole dancer plus authenticity <laughs> equals uh, female empowerment." And you had my attention at pole dancer. So, Joy, how does pole dancing authenticity equal uh, female empowerment? Please tell us that. Okay. So, um, I'm so glad it worked. It caught your attention. So, yay. <laughs> yes. That, 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 that subject line attention getter worked. Yeah, I, I have to be honest. I was cracking my head how to get your attention. It's kind of difficult, but I, I have learned that subject line is every everything. Um, so I kind of spent some time thinking about the subject line, how best to represent myself and also remain interesting for you. So um, I'm really thrilled that it works. And here I am on your podcast. Yay. <laughs> so... <laughs> so um, Okay, so when um, in 2005, I started one of the first pole dancing studio in Singapore. I was a dancer for some years, and uh, just like any other dancer, you always look forward to um, starting on dance studio. So I was very fortunate. I uh, I uh, had the opportunity to do that in 2005. Um, I didn't want to start a studio that offered all sorts of dance classes, which at that time was probably the usual thing to do. I wanted to specialize, and I wanted to specialize in something I could connect with. So that kind of, um, I did some research, and then I um, bumped into, uh, you know, I, I found out about pole dancing and exotic dance. And at the time, I was a commercial dancer, so sometimes I do have to dance with a pole, and I actually find it, uh, hindrance because I didn't know what to do with the pole, so I see the pole more as like you know blocking my way rather than <laughs> oh pole dancing. <laughs> so then uh, it came to some point when I, I recognized that oh you know this thing is not going away anytime soon. Some of the places that I need to perform actually have this thing, this pole. So I decided, hey, you know what? If that's the case, why don't I learn to work around it, work with it rather than seeing it as a nuisance. So I started to do my research and then I came into that kind of opened up the world of pole dancing and exotic dance for me. And I was absolutely uh, captivated by it. And at that time, um, obviously no one in Singapore was doing that or teaching it. So I had to, um, I remember to buy DVDs and books from uh, Amazon and get them imported in. And then I started to examine it and then I would tell some of the class a request to go there in the afternoon so I can kind of a practice with the pole uh, based on whatever I saw the DVD and then that started my whole big obsession with pole dancing and so what was seen perceived initially as a hindrance became a very quickly I would say um, the love of my life I realized um, I felt really good 
uh, when they do it. Um, I, I I did understand why, but it's just something about the whole allows a woman uh, kind of can be used as a powerful tool to allow women to express um, their you know their sensuality and sensuality. I think for women is a kind of self empowerment. So that kind of started my first four dance of studio in Singapore in '05, and um, my seven years of running the studio. Um, um, allowed me to experience the power of movement for women. I started as just a dancer with the dream of starting a dance studio, but then mm-hmm. actually I was learning lessons that I didn't realize that I would be learning when I was running the studio. I um, One of my most memorable incidents is I have this private core client. She was in a, a kind of like a, a crisis stage of her life. She she just broke up with her first boyfriend. They were together for seven years. And only after seven years, um, the boyfriend told her that actually all this while he was in love with um, he, her best friend. So you can imagine. It oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So she was coming to me in that state. And uh, it was a private uh, coaching. So I basically teach her to, you know, hold uh, down, treat the poor as your, uh, you know, connect with the poor and, you know, feel your instinct and, um, you know, just allow your natural self to come out and express whatever that is inside you. And it was very interesting for me, week after week, the woman that stepped into the studio always seemed like a slightly different person. Mm-hmm. And towards the end of the coaching, um, so when, when she first came, when I opened the door, she's, you know, you can absolutely sense her depressive energy. She's looking at the floor, but then towards the end of our coaching relationship, uh, when I opened it up, she was like this happy puppy. She would just, ah, drop it, and she run and drop me. And I was like, oh boy, like, wow. Like, like it was uh, It was also a, a big learning lesson for me. That was when it dawned on me, wow, you know, dancing, for dancing can have um, such a, a very real and empowering effect on women. So that got me really motivated. Um, I've always been fascinated with psychology since I was young. And... Um, because of all these lessons and realization I was making running my poor dancing studio, I think it sparked a fire in me to like, hey, what if I can go beyond physical? Like, what if I am able to empower mm. women from a more holistic point of view? So that kind of started me on my journey. So um, when I finished, uh, when I went, um, I shut down my studio. I went to take up a, a BA in psychology and it did very well. And then I was looking around, okay, so I have all this stuff. Uh, what do I do now? And unfortunately in Singapore, if you don't have a master's in psychology, you can't really do any real work. To be sure. you know, in Australia, probably you can get away with BA, but not in Singapore. So I'm like, okay, I have all this stuff, but I can't really do like um, um, psych- psychology work in Singapore, what I do. And then again, I chance upon this thing called life coach. So I was like, oh, you know, I like the sound of it. And then I got excited all over again. And um, I thought, hey, you know, this sits well and um, so I started on it last year and then um, I wanted to again find a niche I didn't want to be just any life coach then I stand for me I was thinking okay very naturally my specialization is going to be women because my pole dancing studio was only for women and it kind of started me on this path um, so but then women what I still think it's still very broad I need to specialize and focus um, in certain areas um, so that was when I um, I'm going to. It's been a difficult year for me uh, uh, privately, so I had to overcome certain uh, uh, crises and issues. And uh, 
being authentic and practicing self-compassion made a lot of difference for me. So then, you know, naturally, just like my love for dancing gave me the desire to want to empower me to dancing. Likewise, so I decided, hey, this is it, isn't it? The universe is telling me, um, uh, whatever happened to you this year has a reason. Um, this is the reason you need to experience it yourself before you can use it to empower other women. So, therefore, authenticity and self-compassion. That's question. <laughs> Absolutely, and so it's it's interesting because it, it sounds like you when you started sort of the the studio initially there was really no no idea that this was going to sort of lead yeah. into a, no, a life coaching practice. So you know I love yeah. I love just the 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 yes andness of of this opportunity. It started with you just kind of exploring and being curious with kind of the the whole pole dancing idea, opening a studio, and as a result of that, just yeah. pr- probably having sort of uh, uh, interaction after interaction with women and just noticing the um, the coaching opportunity there. That's it's such yeah. a, it's such an interesting path. I love that. Yeah, and you can see like you know like there's a sort of flow to it. And when I was flowing, I have no idea where the current is taking me. And to be honest, other than the desire to start a studio because, hey, I'm a dancer. I have no, uh, I, I didn't understand actually why of all the things in the world I was the exotic for dancing studio in 205, given that, you know, it's in Asia, it's a little bit controversial and the path was, you know, not not easy to be honest uh, because, you know, people look at me in a funny way, especially when. Um, so I actually didn't know, like, at the core of it, why pole dancing, why is that? I didn't know except that it called to me, I could relate to it, I found, I found it very beautiful. Otherwise, I actually didn't understand um, why Why do I need to start a pole dancing studio. There was just, like, this voice inside me that said, go do this. You don't have to understand it now. And I kind of just followed that voice. And then now when I look back, like, that's 205, so wow, uh, you know, it's years ago. When I look back, I, I you know, it's like, ah! No, I understand. It's actually meant for my power as a empowerment coach. But if in all five it tells me you're going to be an empowerment coach, I'm probably going to laugh at you. I'm like, what the freak are you talking about? Because <laughs> you know, I, I I wouldn't know at a point right because the time was not right. I guess for the universe to reveal its plan for me. At a point, I just have to listen to the voice. Same for life coach. I didn't know why I want to be a life coach, uh, other than that. Oh, you know, it'd be so nice if I can empower women on a holistic uh, manner. So I know it for. My desire is on a very superficial level, but then now when I look back, everything just kind of makes sense for me right now. Right. Right, and that's isn't that the way that it that, that it goes? We don't we don't always know sort of why we're taking the step that we're taking, um, but when we're able to look back, uh, kind of pull back a little bit, it's it's so interesting to see. Oh, had you know, had I not gone down this road, or had I not made this decision, it opened up this opportunity, and that's fantastic. Yeah, it is because I mean, um, I mean, all all profession has its value. Uh, that's for sure. But you know, like, but if I were to imagine, if I didn't say, if I didn't have all the small yeses that I said, even though I didn't understand, but I just keep saying yes to my instinct. If I didn't do that, I'm a bit horrified. I'm a bit like horrified what I might be. Maybe, maybe I'll be at me club or something. You know, I right. mean, it, 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 like all profession has its value, but. Me as a client, I, I I don't know. I can't. I don't think I can live with that. <laughs> right, 
Right. So, uh, of course, you saying yes to all these opportunities, I, I, uh, I can definitely resonate with with the power of that yes. So, uh, well, Joy, what I want to do right now is, if anyone is listening to this podcast because you thought we were going to talk about pole dancing the whole time, we're, we're probably not. We 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 honored the podcast by oh. by by working that in. I don't know if if you, if you want to work it in, Joy, feel free. Um, but if anyone's going, okay, when's he going to talk about pole dancing more? I just want to give him a heads up that that's probably my only pole dancing question. So all you all you yeah. pervs out there, you can you can go listen to another podcast. Yeah. yeah. I honored the subject line and now, now we're moving on. <laughs> so, so, so joy, you mentioned on your website, um, that you are a, a midwife for goddesses on fire. Tell me, tell me yes. what, tell me what that means to you. Uh, goddesses on fire. So, um, Goddesses on Fire is a program that I'm working on. It's kind of like going to be my signature program, but like that's like the burning vision that I have is like by the year 2025 or earlier, I would have, uh, it's a very ambitious uh, vision, but I'm going for it anyway, is to have 1 million pledged Goddesses on Fire uh, by the year 2025. Um so it's like a program, and it's a program that not only uh, me empowering a woman, the woman then have to pass it on. So um, any woman that does that to me is a goddess on fire. Mm. So you're not just being empowered yourself, and then you, you you know you live an empowering life, but you also pass it on. So um, there are some projects that you have to do. Um, you can design your own project. You will have a accountability partner based on the community that we are building with other goddesses, and. Um, you have to pass on what you have learned. Um, your new sense of self as a uh, revived, uh, reunited goddess. What do you want to do for your family, for community, and for humanity? So you have to declare your true little projects. Um, I have a deadline, have an accountability partner, and you know, go out there and basically um, spread your seeds of goodness out there in the world. So, um, so that's what I mean by goddess on fire. This is my vision for my coaching. And so you are super uh, passionate about uh, about supporting women, helping women with their with their empowerment. Uh, where where do you think this this came from? This uh, this this passion came from. Um, that's an easy question. <laughs> I am born with a, a family of sisters, six of us. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, in my um, mother and. Generation, um, basically the woman called the shot. So I grew up in an environment where my aunties called the shot, and they would decide what to do. The family gathering and planning and what's not. Um, my two uncles basically are there to nod their head and say yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's natural, isn't it? <laughs> And so, but 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 growing up, so so as you kind of grew up, um, at, at what point was it was it the uh, the studio when when you knew that this was sort of a profession that you wanted to get into? Um, my journey as a dancer is filled with a lot of heartache because at that point in Singapore, there's a lot of options for creative arts, and you know, as a dancer, uh, what do you do? Uh, there's not much option opportunity for training and for work as well um but um so i keep kind of going back and forth day job and i went back to dancing 
on a day job. I even work in a bank, or work in an insurance agency. I think I've been there, like done it all, lots of stuff. And always the the calling of the heart is like, I can't deal with this. I need to go back and do what I want to do. And it's starting. So there was this little dance around my um, um, fulfilling and being authentic to what I want. But because you know. My parents, you know, being uh, uh, parents, they want me to have a safe job, and to them, safe job equals equates to working in the bank and so on. So I was trying to please others, uh, you know, but it didn't sit well with what I really wanted. So after I think um, a number of years of doing this back and forth, I finally kind of put my foot down and say, you know what? I try. I really try the way I work in the bank, and it just not. I just can't. And I gave it. I gave up trying to please others, and I'm like, I'm gonna live my life, and I'm gonna. Feel what my heart is calling me. So that was when I went into uh, commercial dancing, and the income that I get from dancing, I kind of will throw it back into dancing by taking dance lessons. So there was this uh, everything was about dancing, but I was happy. The future was uncertain, but I was happy. So that kind of started the whole thing. And it seems like opening a dance studio then could be an option because you know, as a dancer, you you can't really dance forever. You need a plan. Um, so I guess that was also one of the reasons why I went to start um, my four dancing studios at Chujoy. So that's really the the authenticity piece too, because I mean you yes. you're demonstrating sort of your own authenticity with with what's most important to you, and you know trying to kind of fit into a mold there for a number of, number of years, which wasn't working for you. And, and finally just sort of saying saying yes to your own authenticity, which which I know how scary that can be and how uh, how intimidating that can be. So so what was that like for you when you when you finally decided to, to, to say yes to to your own authenticity? And obviously, you know, that can be a very lonely feeling. What was that like for you and, and, and how did you work through it? I think like, when I look back in that part of my life, my first biggest yes that I ever said to myself was probably when I was um, um, 15 and I decided to, okay, you know, enough with my low self-esteem, enough with looking at the floor when you walk, enough with that joy, let's do something about it. But guess what? Um, there is no shining light in a white horse that's going to come and save you. There's no guru that's going to come and solve all your problems. You have to do something about it or just as sad that the rest of your life is going to be like that. But the pain was so great that I decided that I'm going to kind of self-therapy as a 15 years old. So that's probably like my first big yes that I committed to myself. The second yes would be deciding to start a, a dance studio and a dance studio in the world, start a like, whoa, dancing studio, right? So I think I really took a huge leap of yeah. blind faith that time. I have no idea what, what I'm doing to a certain extent. I just went with my heart because something is telling me, it's whispering to me, do this, right? So I I did it. You People only see the, I mean, of course, it was kind of like a controversial thing to do then, and, um, but I, but but it's kind of like a double-edged sword because of that, I, I got lucky. It wasn't that hard to get um, a media interview and publications and all that because, you know, whoa, it's a not the normal thing to do in Singapore. Um, so that kind of helped me build my studio. But I think at the end of the day, um, it is a, truly a big yes for me because um, all my years of searching for self-acceptance, I think uh, if if Sensual Joy has not helped any other woman, um, Sensual Joy has definitely helped me. I finally uh, accepted myself. I finally 
family kind of like found my way home um, through running the studio. So that's a huge yes. And um, despite all the difficulty and the way people were perceiving and this misconception, oh, she run a full studio, oh, then maybe, then I'm, I think she must be like this, like that. And then guys look at me one strange way and then some women <laughs> look at me in a strange way. Right. So you have, to deal with, you have to deal with all that. And frankly, there were months when I struggled to pay the rent. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, I was tired because I was teaching most of the classes. I was exhausted. And I was the one that does practically everything in the studio. I'm the cleaner, I'm the admin, I'm the accountant, I'm the dance teacher, I'm the door, the one that opens, the person who opens the door. I does everything. <laughs> um, it was exhausting. And some months I struggled to pay the rent because we were in um, central location and the rent was high. And some days... Um, there are some days where it gets so hard, like, you know, I'll switch off the light, I'll just go in the corner in the studio, and I cry because I was so tired, and, and I didn't, that was when I asked myself, why am I doing this? And, and then the thing, the truth was, I didn't know why I was doing this. Right. It was hard, it was lonely, but it did give me back my self-esteem because when I look back, look at all the women, all the pictures that I still have, it makes you go like, you know, wow, I did that, you know, I did that. It's incredible. Even today when I think about it, it's like, Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's great, and I love I, I love your choice. It's interesting your, your your choice to open, you know, obviously a pole dancing studio. Uh, well, there it is again. We're talking about it again. So if anyone hung on, uh, hoping we came back, it did. Yeah. Five. So well, eleven years ago. Well, I get I get, I get goosebumps um, saying that it's eleven years ago. Well, and it's it's interesting because. Not only were you making a, a decision to, to follow your authenticity and to go out on your own, you were, you made a decision that was sort of boldly unique and boldly against the grain of you know what was normal and uh, uh, and which is interesting. It's funny. It reminds me um, in improvisation when you when you're teaching a beginning improviser to. Uh, how to improvise and how to create a character and how to go out on stage. You actually encourage them to make the 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 boldest, most unusual choice possible because that's the choice that uh, that gets you out of your normal thinking and how that actually kind of it runs against the grain as far as people think oh, I'm just going to make a safe choice and if I make a safe choice I'll know what I'm doing when the reality is it's by making a bolder choice it actually it, it puts you into a, a mental space that's so that's so far out there that you have to rely on a new set of inspiration or a new set of skills. And it actually, it actually becomes easier as a result because you're no longer relying on your old mode of thinking. And which sounds exactly what, what, uh, similar to what your experience was like by, by making such a bold choice. And it, and it brought you, you know, media attention and, and, and different things, which kind of helped propel you, uh, sort of into your journey a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely did. Um, uh, as you were saying, all that, the, uh, the thought that came to my head is, um, this thing that I've learned to completely embrace in my life. Uh, um, it's this sentence, um, safety is a myth. Yes. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And, uh, that's that. <laughs> and so, 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 so do the thing that you're passionate about. most of us, 99% of the people on the planet has no crystal ball. <laughs> um, so we don't know, right? Like, we, if we go A, if we do A, what's going to happen? Uh, even though it, it looks like 
your projection is, oh, success is quite high. If I do B, okay, maybe success rate is a bit lower. But the reality is, at the end of the day, you, you don't know, you, you cannot know because it is life. You don't know until that moment arrives. So uh, all you can do is just trust your instinct and, and you, you just deep dive into, into the dark because there is no guarantee and what you think is safe is a myth. Like, uh, you know, like um, there are people who goes into a job thinking that it's safe, people goes into a marriage thinking that it's safe and then what happened, you know, you can go south too so i think if if that's the case nothing in this world is safe then why don't you just go and pursue your passion and it is really as simple as that but i think we kind of complicate things with oh but i need to think about this or no but you know sometimes um seek the simple truth yeah right so, Joy, during during the uh, some some of those darker, uh, more difficult moments with the studio and, and going off on your own, uh, what was it? What what was your source of inspiration? What where did you turn? I'm really I'm always curious to hear where people turn to get them through sort of their their uh, darker, more difficult times. So so for you, um, what is it that that got you through some of those really uh, tough moments? Um, the very strange thing is, even before you finish saying that, the answer was already in my head, so that's kind of surreal. Um, <laughs> I'm going to share with you a real, um, quite unbelievable story about the studio. So there was at some, there was at one point when I was really um, struggling to pay the rent for that month, and um, that was uh, very stressful for me. So I was like at my wit's end. Um, you know, like I already kind of like pump up all my savings on the studio. I don't know what else to do. And uh, I have an assistant who's also my a good friend. So she knows how depressed I was. So, okay, like, okay. A disclaimer, it's a crazy story. So she went out um, and she was walking on the road. And then there was this old lady that came to her. And then this old lady said to her, um, here, this, this, um, this is four numbers for you. So it's a lottery, you know, it's like you buy 4D, which is 4D, which is equivalent to 4D, that's kind of like the lottery system in Singapore. Yes. So she was, so he was, my, my friend was, uh, that, but then the old lady wanted money in exchange for it. So of course you get a bit skeptical, right? Like you're calling me for money, giving me a four random digit. So she, he, she was looking at her a bit skeptically, but she kind of just, okay, gave her some money, took the numbers and came back to me. And then she had this like crazy story with me. So, well, you know, I'm, I'm a woman at my wit's end. So what I do, I take out like $25. I say, and I don't, I don't, I don't bet, I don't gamble. But, you know, hey, what do I have to lose? But $20, right? So I gave her $20. I said, go, go and buy. So she's like, you sure? I said, yeah, sure. So she went and, um, and, and I won second prize. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm getting this poor 
of money that basically says, hey, you can go pay the, the rent and you know, keep working at what you're doing. And the, that, that, um, the, the feeling that came to me at that point, which until today I can remember, is a sense of like, Joe, you have no right to stop what you started. Mm-hmm. I got this overwhelming sense of this sensation, which, you know, I can still remember because it's, the whole thing is so peculiar. And that was when I realized my work must continue in whatever form or shape at the point of essential joy, the productive studio. Now it's joy like the transformation of coaching for women. It doesn't matter. My work must go on. It was basically, you know, the universe way of saying, you know, who are you to stop? Who, who are you to stop shining? You have to go on and do your work hard or otherwise. You know, that was kind of like the lesson I got from it. That's, I guess, why I'm still very passionate about the things that I do. Yeah, well, and, and you never know, obviously, how that need is going to be met from moment to moment, month to month, year to year. Uh, yeah. But And I love, I just love between you and your assistant, uh, the sort of the the obedience and the openness to to be listening, you know, and to be receptive to to this idea <laughs> this, that, that random... Right, which was like the best place to be, right? You were so sometimes you were so beyond yes. your you know your thinking your thinking right. intellectual mind that you were just open to uh, uh, more receptively open to to inspiration. Yeah, and on all the days of the month, or you know, why that day? Why the woman? Why walk to my stand? There's a lot of why, right? But I learned not to question the mystery of the universe because there's magic there and it's wonderful. And then if you want to dissect everything with a logical mind, kind of like also, uh, you know, you, you lose the fun out of it. You know, let you do yeah. your part. Uh, that's follow your instinct and do the best that you can. You know, set your intention and let the universe do its job. Don't try to snatch what is the universe's job and do it all by yourself and then you're a hero or heroine. But what's the point? You know, like everybody do your part and it's fun like that, right? So I kind of learned and I also learned that the universe is truly, truly abundance and that abundance is also, you know, part of my DNA. So I shouldn't fret, you know, or, or worry unnecessarily and stress myself. Just focus on what you need to do and then let it go. Set your intention and let it go. The universe will do its part. So I kind of learned not to be the heroine and try and save the day. Right. So, Joy, I'm really fascinated when I when I talk with people. I, I love to know sort of what is what's your your own sort of personal uh, a routine like on a daily basis as far as, you know, uh, how do you set yourself up for inspiration? You know, what are what are the things that you do every day that are sort of non-negotiable? So it's uh, some of the things there is like it's there on every day, yes, uh, which is my non-negotiable. Um, for example, on most days, I will be the one to uh, walk my my dog, the little mistress of my life. Yeah. Um, so I used to write it down as well on my to-do list and I'll say walk dog, right? <laughs> because oh, it's walk dog. But uh, recently I changed it and I write it down as gratitude walk. Yes. So meaning I'm going, it's like, yes, I'm walking the dog, but I have also a high intention when I walk out. It's like, that's when I give thanks to uh, what I call the Father Universe, uh, 
Mother Earth. So basically connecting with, you know, kind of like a trinity. And uh, I have my own kind of sacred figures, which is uh, a few different Shaki. Shaki is uh, another word for goddesses. And um, I also have a sacred uh, symbol of a phoenix, which is my symbol for death and rebirth. So that, you know, like things that I should put death to, like myself, the particular lead, um, to go to the fire and get refined and be reborn as an empowering self-lead. So I have my own little fantasy that I will um, that I will visualize, that I will give thanks uh, when I am up there uh, walking my dog. And I basically also have a practice of giving thanks to any and everything for the next five minutes as I walk my dog. So I can give thanks for the same country that I live in, for the clothes that I'm wearing, and you know, for the amazing books I get to read today. So it could be any and everything. I think gratitude is a very powerful um, energy that can raise your vibration so that uh, you know you are tuned with your higher self. So that's one of my um, non-negotiable every day. I also do EFT um, just to cleanse negative energy and to um, make myself. Uh, uh, more attractive to uh, positive energy. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you know what EFT is. No, could you just share a little bit what that is? Uh, EFT stands for uh, emotional freedom technique. So it's uh, it's it's basically uh, you tapping through your acupuncture points, which is uh, okay. uh, certain points in your face and parts of your body. And as you tap through it, you basically can work through a certain issue. Or you can tap through it while you um, say your affirmations. So EFT is known as a therapy technique. It's kind of like an energy release uh, modality. Okay. Is that also known as tapping? Uh, yes. It's, yeah, I think some people loosely call it tapping as well. Uh, what I like about it is I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, – you're tapping, so you're kind of engaging your nervous system, and then you're doing your either gratitude uh, phrasing or your affirmation, whatever it is, you're engaging your um, logical mind. So it's kind of a holistic therapy, and it makes sense there because the right and the left brains are engaged simultaneously, mm-hmm. which I think is a powerful technique, and it helps to integrate. So um, just like the way I coach, uh, my coaching is not just the top therapy part, which is important, but I also have the stretching part, the visualization part, affirmation, and um, trying to uh, engage the client in whatever that is their creativity outlet, and also to integrate the discussion into the body. Um, the reason being that if we can talk through, okay, so we talk through, work through one of the celebrity belief, and then you verbally tell me, oh yeah, okay, I get it, I accept it, this is my new belief, and then you walk up. But the reality is, you're probably going to come back next week and tell me, oh, whatever that uh, I said I'll do, I didn't do. Because I, I don't know, I just don't feel it. And actually, it's the truth. The client, the body, is not feeling it because you didn't integrate what you have discussed logically with me into your body. Hmm. That's the, I think, sometimes, I think that's the missing link for coaching. Coaching itself is a powerful tool, but I think maybe it's just one tool in the toolbox and uh, maybe if we mix and match based on the client's situation, preference and you know her uniqueness, you can create something that's more comprehensive. So normally what I do is after the coaching, I'll get a client to 
if let's say she's too shy to move and she's like, oh, I can't dance, then I say, okay, let's just stretch through it. So we'll do some simple stretching. And as we stretch, I'll invite the client to think of the issue, think about where uh, where it resides in their body and how does it manifest itself. Is it is it a tight feeling or is it an object? What comes to mind? And as we stretch, you know, think of the issue and move through it and feel as you stretch, you know, as you go through the slight discomfort, uh, you know, you can visualize, imagine your issue uh, slowly dissolving. You know, just tiny bit by tiny bit, but it's definitely dissolving. And be gentle, take your time and just breathe through it. So I have um, their positive feedback from the client. And I'll, um, it, they, 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 they sense a difference. And it's no longer just a logical decision that I make, but like, you know, oh, you know, I can feel um, what we talk to during the coaching. Um, integrating with my body, I feel a little bit more at ease. So we also have to remember that we're not just a physical body. You know, we also we also have our emotional body. We have our um, energetic body mm-hmm. that we also need to take care of. And when we address an issue, you have to address it to all the different bodies because they all together make up you. I like that. I love I love the connection, being able to connect the, the, the senses together from the physical senses to the mental senses to the emotional senses. Uh, and, I, and I can see that impact of of uh, of helping to sort of enact change by connecting those with one another. Yeah, because I think uh, we, we, we like to think that we're our mind, but we are not. Uh, you know, we think that we're our feelings. But we're not. We are like the sky and the thoughts and the feelings. They are like the clouds. They come and go, but do not ever deceive yourself by thinking that you are the cloud. I mean, it's fun once in a while to pretend you are the cloud. I get, ah, you don't get flown around. But then when you're done with the fun, come out and remember, hey, you are the vast, you know, magnificent sky. You are not the cloud. Don't behave like the cloud or walk around thinking you are a cloud. That's just being small. You're not small. You are magnificent. Yeah, I like that. Yes. So, Joy, we're almost out of time here. We have a few more minutes. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to do some uh, some improvisational word association. So I'm going to give you a word, and I want you okay. I want you to respond with whatever idea or ideas come to you first. How do you like that? Okay. Oh, sounds fun. <laughs> All right. Here's the first. Here's the first word. First idea is beauty. Essential. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. Pain. Uh, creativity, joy, self expression. All right. Peace. Flowers. <laughs> um, animals. Coffee. Yeah, and I, I imagine those all show up on your uh, your gratitude walk each day. Yeah. All right. Here's the next one. Pole dancing. Oh, sensuality, woman empowerment, joy. <laughs> well, I, I had to throw that one in there, Joy, in case any of our, our pole dancers made it all the way through <laughs> to the end of the podcast. There you go. Just to reward them. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's the last one. Joy. Happiness, self-compassion, authenticity. And that's you, right? That's all of that. 
Well, Joy, thanks so much for your time. Uh, it's been such a pleasure talking to you all the way in Singapore. And uh, for someone to, to get in touch with you, either online or social media, Joy, what's the best way? Um, you can check out my website, joyling.com, J-O-Y-L-E-N-G.com. My Twitter is the same, joyling. And I'll make sure that uh, I include all of that uh, in the podcast details for all of you who are listening. Uh, Joy, it has been such a pleasure. Thanks so much for, for joining us on the Weekly Yap. Thank you, Travis, for having me. I had so much fun with you. Uh, to everyone else who's listening, remember to be kind to yourself. Thanks, Joy. Thanks, Joy.